This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kick it off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness, live from Raiders HQ, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. My man, Damon Cotton, he's back in the home studios making everything go. I did want to give you a quick update. We started the show talking about the Raiders working out DJ Hayden. Well, apparently, according to reports, the Raiders have signed Desmond Trufant, defensive back. He's played with the Falcons, the Lions, the Saints. Now he's uh, signed, according to reports again, by the Raiders. So just a little bit of a footnote right there. But right now, I want to turn my attention to the NBA as things get started tonight. The Lakers and Warriors are uh, going to be a fun game. I'm excited about it. Fun, excited about the NBA season being back. And so anytime I want to talk some Lakers, I got a go-to guy. That's Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. And uh, you can find Trevor on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. And Trevor, thank you so much for your time. And Welcome to a regular season, man. It's about to get started tonight. How exciting is that? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is this is extremely exciting. NBA basketball is back. It's no more of the the preseason. Are they really trying? Who's <laughs> resting? Who's going to play? All that kind of stuff that we get in those kind of early preseason teaser games. Now we get the real deal all out. These games count, and I can't wait. Yeah, it gets started tonight. Uh, Lakers-Warriors, I'm very fired up about that. And, and Trevor, I mean, from what the Lakers looked like when they ended the season last year to what they look like right now, completely different. Three guys are, remain on the team, uh, and, and, and basically two guys that are big-time factors in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, what do you think about the roster that the Lakers have entering this season? You know, I think it's a, it's a strong one. I mean, they've had the goal for a while now of uh, of having a big three. That's been the plan ever since LeBron arrived. They've been working towards that, and now they've got that with Russell Westbrook, and I think they've built a, a solid lineup around them, you know, considering they only had veteran minimum deals to use to build out the rest of the roster with the exception of the taxpayer mid-level, which they used on Kendrick Nunn. I think they put together a very talented roster, and there's plenty of concerns about fit and age and all that kind of stuff, and that's fair, uh, but given the the financial constraints that they were under under the NBA's collective bargaining agreement to fill out the rest of their roster. I think they've done a really nice job of landing talent and now it's going to be up to Frank Vogel to figure out the best way to deploy them and get the most out of them. Well, I'll tell you off top, I'm a big Russell Westbrook guy. I like the way he plays. He goes 100% every time. He also goes 100 miles an hour. <clears throat> Excuse me, he goes 100 miles an hour every time as well. How does that fit? You mentioned fit. How does that fit with the Raiders or the the uh, Lakers roster, which is, you know, a little bit not really go go go. It's more like kind of slow down and not necessarily iso, but not always go with the foot on the gas. Yeah, that's going to be an adjustment for sure. And the, all the players have been talking about how they need to be patient about how it's going to be a process. It's going to take time for everybody to gel. But we also know that the running is going to be part of their game. Frank Vogel has talked about wanting to be the best fast break team in the NBA. Uh, preseason stats don't matter that much, but they were second in pace in the six preseason games compared to the rest of the NBA. So that tells you that they are indeed going to get out and run. They're going to adopt a little bit of that Russell Westbrook style, and they're going to try to pick up the pace and and move a bit quicker out there on the floor. Uh, We also saw that lead to some turnovers, though, to some issues with uh, with not being 
not being secure with the basketball. So that's something that they're going to have to mitigate as they do push the pace a bit more and adjust to playing with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I had a couple guys at the barbershop tell me, like, Q, man, I like Westbrook a lot as well, but, man, he goes so fast that these guys aren't ready to keep up with him, and, and that was their big concern was the turnovers. So uh, you think at some point as they kind of continue to gel, and we know that the NBA season is a very long season, as they gel that that should be able to kind of eliminate themselves? Yeah, that's that's the hope anyway. Is that You know, you can't have the expectation that everything's going to be perfect right out of the gate. Uh, Carmelo Anthony said they will be ready for tonight for opening night, but that they're not going to be a finished product by any means. You have to hope probably midway through the season. That's when we start to see what this team can really be. But I still think there's plenty of talent on the roster to get wins in the here and now just to reach their ceiling. It's going to take a little while. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're talking right now with Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com as the NBA season gets started today. Uh, the Lakers and the Warriors kick things off. And, you know, I was looking at the coaching staff and, and, the, and the different coaches that Coach Vogel has brought onto the, onto the, the staff, including Coach Fisdale and John Lucas III. Uh, what do you think of just the whole roster? I know Jason Kidd now is in Dallas with the Mavericks, but how do you think that the roster as far as the coaching staff goes, are they better than they were last season? Uh, it's hard to say because we have to factor in, you know, how much of the offense last season was Jason Kidd, how much of that was Frank Vogel. I have seen some promising things already out of the what we expect to be a more David Fisdale-led offense in terms of bringing the big up away from the basket, creating more opportunities at the rim for Russell Westbrook, running more backdoor cuts, things like that. But it's going to take time for the guys to really get used to those sorts of things. So I think in terms of, of the coaching staff, I, I'm not, I can't speak ill of the previous staff. They did win an NBA championship their first season together. Right. But there are a few new guys coming in. And uh, I think their fingerprints have already been noticeable in preseason. Hasn't led to any wins yet. But the hope is that when everything really starts to click and the guys get familiar with the newness of the system, then they're going to be very, very dangerous because of the adjustments that are being made. You know, and, and Trevor Carmelo, he had a kind of a career resurgence while he was in Portland with the Trailblazers. Uh, what, what are the expectations for Carmelo with the Lakers? We all know he doesn't play a lot of defense. That's not what they brought him in for. What are the expectations? Yeah, I think the expectations for Carmelo Anthony are to come in and, and kind of replace Kyle Kuzma in a way, and obviously different players, but, uh, but to come into that role where you can come in off the bench put up some points, even though Kuzma kind of drifted away from that role last season. But coming off the bench, give the Lakers a floor spacer. He shot better than 40% from three last season. And uh, it just be a guy who can come out and get buckets. For, you know, if a play breaks down, to be another guy that you can give the ball to and say, go make something out of nothing, and you know Carmelo Anthony can still go and do that, even at 37 years old. So I think that's going to be his role on this team. Yes, defense, look, if if you're getting average defense from him, then that's a massive win. So I'm not expecting much on that end of the floor from him, but in terms of just having somebody that can get out there, come in off the bench, and score for you, I think he can be one of the better ones in the NBA. And Trevor, you guys do a great job over there at LakersNation.com. You really got your finger on the pulse of the team. So what is your gut feeling with this team that's been put together, this roster that's been put together, and this upcoming season? How how do you feel that this Laker team is going to go? You know, uh, it's it's going to be a, a work in progress. It depends on how everything comes together. Can they find the right chemistry? There have been some mistakes during preseason that are certainly concerning. There's concerns as well about defense. Is that perhaps why they added Avery Bradley yesterday, claiming him off of waivers to help address that that situation? But 
overall, when I look at this team that they put together, I think the general sense is that they're going to be okay long-term. Even if there's some concerns in the here and now, ultimately it'll be a little bit rough at the beginning, but midway through the season we should see this team really start to click. If for no other reason that you've got way too much talent for this group not to eventually find their way. You know, and I uh, just got a couple more questions for you. My dad had hit me up and said, hey, you know what? I think LeBron is going to be on a mission this year. I just feel like LeBron is going to go out there and really show something this year. Uh, what's your gut feeling on LeBron? Who It just seems like he never really slows down, even though we know that he's slowing down a little bit, but he's still so stinking good. He is, and you know what? I, I feel like LeBron, if he comes out with a chip on his shoulder, it wouldn't surprise me at all because he was the favorite to win MVP before he got hurt last season. And it feels like so many people are forgetting that and writing him off and saying he's old. He's not going to be able to get it done anymore. Uh, They did bring in Russell Westbrook to take some of the playmaking burden off of LeBron. But every time throughout his entire career, every time that one of his teams has brought someone in and said, this is going to ease the burden on LeBron. He's not going to have to set up the offense as much. When it's crunch time, the ball is still in LeBron's (laughs) hands. It's still on him to really build things for the team. So I would expect to see a strong season out of LeBron, and I think that he's going to look more spry than we saw him at the end of last season when he was coming off of an injury. And I know, Trevor, it's only one game out of a, a very long season. The NBA is fun. It really, a lot of people start paying attention around Christmas. But you got Lakers and you got Warriors. Remember that epic game last season when uh, the, the Lakers beat the Warriors in the play-in game? That was a fun one. What are your expectations for tonight? I think we're going to see something like that. These two teams, you know, even with the, the new faces on this Lakers roster, they know each other very well. They're going to be up to play against each other. So I think we are in for a fun one. Anytime you've got Stephen Curry against LeBron James, you're in for a, for a fun night. But uh, I just think this is going to be an exciting one. And you're right, from the playing tournament, there's still that kind of lingering. I won't go so far as to say animosity, but with that little bit of competitiveness between the two teams. So I think it's going to be a really fun way to kick off the season. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great way to really get things going. And, Trevor, before I let you go, what are your thoughts on any other team that may be in the league that you think could be, you know, that one that you better watch out for? You know, who, who do you think is going to be maybe even someone representing out of the East? Would it be with the Nets or is it someone else that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, right now I have the Nets as the favorite to win the NBA championship this season, even okay. with the Kyrie situation. That, you know, their margin for error goes down with if we're assuming Kyrie is out for the entire season, which is the way the Nets are approaching things. But they are still a very good team. I think they played the highest level of basketball that we saw last season when they had at least two of their stars healthy uh, come playoff time. But uh, unfortunately, they dealt with a number of injuries. So they are the team to keep an eye on out in the East. Do not write off the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. You've got the Miami Heat have made some nice moves. There's a number of teams out there to watch. And that's, that's another thing that I'm excited about for this NBA season is the Nets are the favorites, but they are not the prohibitive favorites. It's not like the Golden State Warriors when they had Durant and Curry and all those guys together and everybody knew it was going to happen. This season, just like last season, is very much a toss-up and that uncertainty leads to excitement and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a season where we can kind of adjust as teams show us who they are this season. Well, it's here. It's here already. I'm excited about it. And it gets started tonight with the Lakers and Warriors. It doesn't get much better than that, at least uh, as a season opener. Trevor, you do a great job at LakersNation.com. What do you uh, have on the, on, the, on the way out that, uh, that, that Laker fans could be on the lookout for? 
Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, what we're what we've been doing is our live post game show. So as soon as every single game ends, we go live over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We take questions directly from fans. That's been a, a huge hit for us. And then, of course, we have the Lakers Nation podcast, which you can find on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere else. And all of our written work goes up over at LakersNation.com, everything covering the team. So pretty much anything you could ask for about the Los Angeles Lakers, whether it's video, audio, uh, written work, we've got all of that. So make sure you guys check that out. No doubt, man. We definitely appreciate you. Mama Q's uh, happy about that. She's a big Laker fan, so she's glad to hear all the Laker coverage. And we appreciate you sharing a few minutes of your time with us this afternoon. Oh, no problem. Happy to do it anytime. All right, there he goes. Trevor Lane uh, does a great job covering the Lakers like a glove for LakersNation.com. And, yeah, man, basketball season's already here, and it gets started in a major way with Lakers and the Warriors. Of course, I got the dubs, but, you know, hey, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, the Lakers, I'm interested to see how long it takes for this team to be able to gel with all those personalities and all those players. And I will say one of my favorite players in the league to watch is Russell Westbrook. I love the way he plays. I love the chip on his shoulder that he plays with. Uh, it's it's right, up, right up my alley. So uh, uh, we'll see how it goes with the Lakers. But uh, they have a new-look team. They've got their stars. they got Carmelo. they got LeBron. they got Anthony Davis. they got Russell Westbrook. Can they put it all together? That will be the question. Many thanks to Trevor Lane for joining us right there. The time is 316. We'll come on back live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Want to know, had the question thrown out there to you, is what you saw from the Raiders on Sunday, is that sustainable? Or was that an emotional reaction? Was that something where the team just came together and rallied and were able to put something together and, and look really good and dominate against the Denver Broncos? What are your thoughts? Is it sustainable? Hit us up. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. One of my favorite times of the week each and every week is when I get to talk to the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. And this week it comes from Reno, Spanish Springs High School Coach Rob Hummel. And Coach, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week. And more importantly, congratulations on your team coming through with a tough-fought victory, 31-30 over Reed High, keeping your team in the playoff picture. That's a big win for your, your team. Yeah, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate the recognition. Um, it's all about the it's all about the team and what they're able to accomplish. And uh, you know, we we played Reed the last. I mean, we play them every year. They're a rival of ours, and it's always a close game. And uh, Friday night was no exception, and and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I mean those those rivalry games are always a little bit more intense. But when you have as much riding on it as your team does, trying to stay in the playoff hunt and try to get where you need to go, I mean, how big of that is a, a victory, and how how much of a nice roller coaster ride is that is that to go on? Well, <laughs> I mean, I would like to I would like to say that you know you can just you know go in and have a nice comfortable game, but that's not that's not how it <laughs> works up here in Five uh, A Northern Nevada. Every week is uh, is a tough contest and. Um, that makes you better as a team overall. Uh, we've played a lot of close football games, and, you know, some of them would come out on the right side of it, and some of them would haven't. So, you know, we're definitely definitely battle-tested. Any Anybody that shows up at our games, uh, they get their money's worth because it always seems to come down in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so it's, it's fun each week, that's for sure. It takes a lot of preparation and just happy that we were able to pull it off. You know, and your team gets a big interception late in the game. Uh, defensive back Nate Penny, uh, actually a second interception of the game. How sweet is that to get a victory, kind of seal the deal by way of the defense? It's fun. Um, you know, we, 
you know, like to challenge ourselves, whether, you know, we're on offense, defense, or special teams. And in that particular situation, you know, we, we got a field goal late and, and took the lead. And, and uh, it was a defense's opportunity to get on the field and end it for us. And, you know, we had a couple different opportunities on, on Reed's last drive. And credit those guys, they, they fought like crazy and, you know, down in the end too. And, and uh, Nate, you know, stepped in front of a pass there and, and sealed it for us. So that was uh, a pretty fun, pretty fun way to end the game. Yeah, no doubt. What's what's that conversation like when you do kick that field goal and you take the lead and then you tell your defense, hey, it, we're leaning on you. We need you guys to make a play. Oh, they know. Um, you know, I, I, I run the defense myself and, and I always tell them, I, you know, hey, our job is to stop the offense and, and get the ball back for our offense. And in that particular situation, they knew what the task was. They knew that if we got to stop, the game was over. And um, like I said, Reed, you know, they they moved the ball a lot further down the field than I would have liked. Right. Uh, but we were able to uh, to dig in there at the end. And, and like I said, uh, Nate made a heck of a play and got a good pass rush to, to force that throw. So um, true team win. You know, we did a lot of things in all three phases of that game, scored on special teams, um, you know, scored offensively several times. And then obviously the defense came up big. We had a – you know, Nate's other pick was in the end zone early in the second half and ended up being a huge play for us, too. So, um, you know, a lot of guys stepped up, and that, that makes it a real fun team win. Talking right now with Spanish Springs High School head football coach Rob Hummel here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And so with that win, your team stays in the playoff picture. It's the third phase of the high school football season. What needs to happen in order for the Cougars to get to the postseason? Well, we've clinched a berth. Nice. Um, that that is that has taken place. Um now it's about seating and home field advantage and, and all those sorts of things. And we've got Douglas High School this week, um, you know, a, a team that's – they've also clinched a berth, but they're trying to move up in the in the standings as well. So it's, it's a big game. It's senior night for us at home here at Spanish Springs. So, um, you know, just focusing on our opponent this week is the most important game of the year. And, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, what we can control our outcome this week. We can't control all the other – teams play and, and where we end up seating wise. Um, the exciting thing is, is it's, like I said, it's really competitive up here and at any given week, someone can come and can beat somebody else. Um, so that's, that's the thing that, uh, you know, we're excited for in the playoffs. We know that we've got as good as an opportunity as anyone is if we play the level of football that we're capable of. And I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you being named the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. How important is that to you that the Raiders are heavily involved in the community and not just in the city of Las Vegas, but all over the state of Nevada, including there in Reno? It's cool. Um, I didn't, I mean, it, until this took place, I mean, I, I honestly didn't know that they were this involved. Um, so that's that's awesome to hear and um, that they're doing this on a weekly basis. Um, you know, not having a, a pro team, in this state, you know, on the football side of things up until recently, you know, that, that was a lot different, obviously. And then, I don't know, experiencing, you know, the fact that there's, there's fans traveling down there quite often to games and um, they're getting involved in, in stuff with the schools. I know that they've got a, a pretty cool display down there. I haven't been to Allegiant Stadium yet, but I've heard they've got a pretty cool, cool display with all the, the helmets signifying yeah. each, each team in the state and, 
it's good to know that they're giving back and they're getting involved. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I was there for the helmet reveal, the wall that they have, and it is amazing just to see all those high school football helmets and, and what it means really to the state. And and honestly, I always say I, that's why I love talking to high school football coaches because I believe that you're more than just X's and O's, wins and losses, your teachers, your mentors, your father figures at times. Uh, it's a big responsibility to be a high school football coach off the field as well. Uh, how much do you embrace just that big responsibility? Well, that's a, that's a great word for it because that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, you got kids from lots of different backgrounds and lots of different upbringings and um, try to model um, appropriate behavior and character traits and core values and discipline, self-control, work ethic, all those types of things. It's all part of it. Um, it doesn't stop just with high school coaches. I know coaches at college and pro level are still constantly working on the same thing. Um, but it's, it's definitely a responsibility, um, puts a lot of pressure on head coaches and a lot of stress to be quite honest. But <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, when you know that you're doing good things, uh, for kids, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Sometimes that stress is worth it when you know what it's all about, <laughs> you know, when it's major like that. And, and honestly, high school football is so big. I think for the community always helps everyone just kind of come together on a Friday night, sometimes on a Saturday or a Thursday. Uh, just what are your thoughts on high school football in general and, and how it helps bring communities together? Well, it definitely does. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun experience for kids when they get an opportunity to play in front, in front of their community and parents and peers and classmates and, and all that sort of stuff on Friday nights or, or like you said, Thursday or Saturdays, depending on how it falls in the playoffs. Um, you know, and, and throughout the country, you see that all over the place. And, and that's, a, that's a cool experience. I think, you know, high school athletics – you know, are, are one of those special things where, you know, they don't last very long, but a lot of a lot of individuals get an opportunity to be a part of it. And it's something that they talk about for a long time and that they remember for a long time. So that makes it special. And I know that the season's getting wrapped up. You're about to be in the postseason play. But, I mean, not having football in 2020 because of COVID, how much did your team appreciate just the opportunity to be back out on the field this year? Um, a ton. Um, I, I tell you what, you know, we – we played five games last spring, um, you know, at the beginning of this year. And then it was, it was odd, you know, yeah. it reminded me of reminded me of my college football days because it was like playing a spring season and then going right into summer training and then going right into the fall again. And um, for high school and, and as high school coaches, it, it seemed like we've had a, a year long season and, uh, but, but we are, we are definitely grateful. Um, the kids are grateful, you know, that we're, that we're back into it and, and playing ball again. Um, they were quite honestly pretty lost without it uh, last fall and, and through last winter without having any, any winter sports either. A lot of my athletes are multi-sport kids and, you know, didn't get an opportunity to compete last winter either. So, you know, they were, they were very excited. Definitely, um, you know, something that we talked about, you know, the, the opportunity and, and the privilege it is to play high school athletics and not taking those things for granted. And I think a lot of them have a, a different perspective now, having gone through that and are dedicating themselves even more so. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, a lot a lot of uh, high school football coaches I've talked to just talk about how appreciative the players are and almost like one of those don't take it for granted because you never know when it might not be around. So, uh, you know, it's really cool to see everyone back out there uh, playing the game that they love. And, Coach, before I let you go, you mentioned uh, your team is hosting Douglas this Friday night. It's closing out the regular season. It's a big-time game. What are the challenges that the Tigers will present for your team this Friday night? Well, I think anytime you play a team with nothing to lose, you got to be – 
you know, on the top of your game. And that's kind of where Douglas is at. They've, they've clinched a, a playoff spot and they know that, you know, they're the bottom seed unless they beat us, right. you know, so, so they're going to pull out all the stops. Um, they're a good football team. That's been getting better all season long. They've got a couple of really solid football players. Um, you know, so it's about us executing what we're capable of and, and not taking anything for granted, you know, records aside and everything else. I mean, we know that if we don't play our best game, you know, they're going to give us all we want. So we got to be ready to go. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I know you'll have your team fired up. I know they'll be excited. Again, closing out the regular season is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, good luck to your team on Friday night. And again, congratulations on being named the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. Uh, it's always great to catch up with you. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. And like I said, thanks for the thanks for the recognition. Um, I'll make sure that um, – I let my team know and, and put it all on them. That's what it's all about. They're the ones that earned it. Absolutely. There he goes right there. Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week. That's Rob Hummel, Spanish Spring High School up in Reno. A big win they had last week over rival Reed, 31-30, and now close out the regular season this Friday night against Douglas. Uh, always fun for me to catch up with the High School Football Coach of the Week. So uh, big ups to Coach Hummel and his team, and good luck to him. Take a quick break. Come on back. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Close out the show. Got about 20-something minutes left in today's show. Holler at us. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Keep standing. Anybody, anybody who's a fan, the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Stand up. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 335 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Having a fun show so far. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal joined us early in the show. We had Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com joining us at 3 o'clock just to talk about the NBA season getting started. Lakers and Warriors tonight. And then you just heard from Spanish Spring High School Head Football Coach Rob Hummel, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. I almost forgot. I almost forgot that I had him coming up, and I don't know how I did that. I got so much caught up in so much conversation and so many tweets and text messages. I even got one person mad at me, DeMond. I didn't know. You know, I was going to make anyone mad, but I guess I got someone you mad at me. Someone on the text line. Wow, talking Raiders on the Las Vegas or talking Lakers on the Las Vegas Raiders radio station. Now my head out. Now, all right. Well, it happens. He said, "Get out of here with all that Laker talk." Okay, buddy. Sorry. I mean, hey, again, I'm not for everybody. I just throw it out there. I like to switch it up a little bit and talk a little. I don't know other things that are going on in the world of sports because that's what we're all here for. And matter of fact, speaking of. And today's not an L.A. theme, but the Dodgers and Braves are tied up at two right now. Top of the fourth, one out. Watching it right now. If they Braves get swept, that'd be so series. funny. 2-0, they've walked it off twice. I'll say this. I love October baseball. I really do. Love playoff baseball. I don't like it in the middle of the day during the work week. I just don't. I prefer to watch it at night. And I know it's not about me, obviously, or else the game would have started later on this evening. But... I just I love October baseball and not being able to watch it and just kind of monitoring it to see what's going on. They got to think me. about the fans on the East Coast too. I know. Hey, look, I was in the Central Time Zone for a very long time, so I know about those late games. Trust me, I know about those late games. Don't get me wrong, because there were so many times, especially as a guy that was watching the Warriors 
you know, especially when they were on their run, their games would be late, and I'd get to bed super late. But And I get it, man. East Coast fans, I, I do feel bad for them because, man, all of their games are late. I mean, every one of their games is, is for the most part, pretty late, man. And so I, I totally get it. But it's, 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 it's playoff baseball, man. It's just something different about October baseball. You want to be able to make sure everyone has all eyeballs on it. And I just hate that it's in the middle of the day, and especially the Dodgers and Braves. Anyway, they're tied up 2-2, top of the fourth. Bases are loaded right now, so there's that. But uh, still, we have plenty of time left in today's show. Raider Nation, I'd like to hear from you, just like that text. And again, it's okay. I love feedback, good, bad, or ugly. You could tell me that I'm terrible. It's okay. I'm all right with that. You could say that the show's great. That's fine, too. It's, it's, it's all good. All feedback is good feedback. I do appreciate it. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Also have the Sam and Ash text line, wide open like some old school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. And uh, before we get to Trevor in Seattle, let me go ahead and hit a couple text messages that we have on that Sam and Ash text line. We got this one from Chillin' Raider fan in San Jose. Q, these guys are hungry and they can sustain the us against the world mentality. They control these last 11 games. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. How about this one from Aztec Raider? What's up? Yeah, I believe not only is it sustainable, but it's what we should expect from this Raiders team. Our defense has blame, been playing consistent since the start of the season. The problem has been our offense has been inconsistent. If our offense plays to its potential, the defense will only continue to play better and create turnovers. Raiders all day is from Aztec Raider. Uh, that's referring to the question that I asked is what you saw from the Raiders on Sunday. Is that sustainable or was that a burst of energy? Was that an emotional rally cry? Is that something that could be a one-off thing, or do you think that the team is going to do that throughout the course of the season? How about my guy, all-day Raider A, Q, I believe it's sustainable. If this team is true to their words, there are a lot of guys on this team that are on one- and two-year prove-it deals and a few looking for extensions and options to be exercised, not to mention an interim coach who they all seem to like. So if they love each other like they say and want Rich Bisaccia to continue to be the coach and make some chicken for themselves – Okay, I'm not sure what the – oh, maybe money. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about some Marshawn Lynch. Make some chicken for themselves in the process. They better sustain it. That's from my guy, All Day Raider A. I got you. I was a little slow to the party, but I got you. I got you. Raider J from Sacramento. What up, Q? Sorry I haven't texted in today. Just letting you know I'm chilling. <laughs> there you go. Chilling in Sacramento, the 916. Someone check on my cousin, man. Speaking of the 916, my cousin Jesse, man, he, if you follow him on Twitter, and you probably don't because it's my cousin, but – my man has been on some kind of mission, man. I think he's been out of town, like hanging out in San Diego. Every time he tweets something out, he's out somewhere, and he's been tweeting, I'm outside chilling. He's got a drink with him. He's got some fancy food with him. I think he's entertaining. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean by entertaining, DeMond. I think he took a, 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 a female out to San Diego, and he's just been, he's been living high off the hog, man. So I'm going to check on my cousin, make sure he's okay. Get him back to Sacramento safe. Just saying. He's been out there putting in the most work. Sounds like he's living his best life. I think he is. If you follow him on Twitter, it's at JRock916. I'll tell you right now, his last one of his last tweets, outside, oh, he said outside is over at the San Diego International Airport. Okay. And he had a he had a Tito's and water. And I know it's Tito's and water because that's one of my drinks of choices. But he had a tweet, steak all day at Cowboy Star. It looked like he had a big old bone-in ribeye. Then he had the wedge salad. I'm putting all his business in the street. <laughs> Sorry, cousin. Down to the type of salad he had. Hey, man, look, he put it on Twitter, so it's not like I'm just busting him out. Yo, my man just out here trying to talk to his probably like <laughs> three, 400 followers, and you out here blowing him up. 
Lobster roll. He tweeted out a picture of a lobster roll. You ain't never eat lobster roll when we was growing up. Is that right? Right. right. He's got some calamari. He was at the water grill. He was at calamari. Or he got. Then he was at the rooftop steakhouse one day ago. And I'm looking at the steakhouse menu as a guy who just went to a steakhouse over the weekend. A six ounce, six, six ounce filet is $49. Ten ounces, $64. Bone-in filet is $79. My man is living large right now. I told him, slow down, man. Come on to, come on to Vegas and hang out. And then, and then he had this picture, and I swear I'm going to get to Trevor in Seattle next. He had this picture of, he had a picture of a, a bottle of Ciroc and some juice. So he had some Ciroc and pineapple juice. I respect that. But then he immediately followed that up with outside at the Cuban Cigar Factory, and he has a picture of a cigar and a white claw. And I said, "Come on, cuz, uh, you got to do better than that. You can't have no you can't have no white claw. That's not that's that's against the rules. You can't go from Ciroc and juice to a white claw. That's against the rules. But uh enough about my cousin. 702-365-9200. Let's go on out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to my guy. Let's talk to Trevor in uh in Seattle. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, you? Hey, first of all, if your cousin's putting that stuff on Twitter, you can blow him up. That's That's, that's right. Game. <laughs> that's uh, right. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of jealous, but uh, I was thinking about your question, and, you know, I've been a Raider fan my whole life, and I can, I don't want to fall for the banana in the tailpipe, as you would say it, yeah. but I can tell you right now, 99% of the Raider teams I've watched in my life would have lost that game last week, and right. I think uh, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of focus, and a lot of maturity out of those guys that are, you know, nearing the end of that rookie deal. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm, I, I want to see one or two more good, solid performances before I really drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. And uh, for them not to get rattled by that, or at least not let it carry over after that Bears game, which I think we can all agree they were a little rattled there, uh, I, I think they got a chance to do something special this year. Yeah, no, I, I do too if they can do what they did on Sunday. And again, that was the most complete game they played on all phases of it, offense, defense, and special teams. And that's why I asked that question. Is that something that you can go back to and rally around? And, and you know, Or is that something that's like one of those one-off things? But if they play like that and that's the real silver and black team that we should expect to see in 2021, yeah, they could be a special squad. I mean, we talked about it last week. They finally started scoring points early. Yeah. And then you put a quarterback who's, you know, a game manager in a situation where he's throwing a lot, and then Crosby's teeing off on him, and it just kind of – it's a self-fulfilling thing. Uh, and I think uh, Jalen Hurts is a perfect example of that. I mean, I, I've watched a few Eagles games this year, and he's, he's good. He's got talent. I think he's a great leader, but he misses some throws, and he makes some bad decisions. And if we can put him in those situations, I think we can get another couple turnovers. Yeah, no, you're right. He does turn the ball over, and thank you so much for that call. He does turn the ball over. Uh, he's very athletic. He can run the rock, and you know he does make some good plays with his arms from time to time, but sometimes he panics. Uh, a lot of times when he panics and he throws it deep, it'll be short. It'll come up a little bit short than it should, and that gives that DB an opportunity. So this is a game that I look at that Trayvon Merrick may have an opportunity or two to come up with an interception playing that deep center field or you know, a, another one of the DBs that's running down the field uh, you know, with that opportunity to go and make a play, uh, they can come up with an interception or so. Again, I, I go back to that Jonathan Abram interception from Sunday, man. That was sweet. <laughs> I mean, that really was. The way he played that ball and just went out there and plucked it out of the sky, I mean, that was 
a very, very good interception. So I think there's opportunities, like you said, for the Raiders to create turnovers. They come in bunches. Right now, they're on a roll. Can they continue to get sacks? He's a guy that'll hold on to the ball. When I say he, I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. He'll hold on to the ball. Max Crosby, he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop just because he's been stymied at first. He continues to go, go, go. Unique Ngakwe, he continues to bring it. Again, hasn't been mentioned much this week, but Cleve Furl, let's give him a little bit of props, man. He looked good on Sunday. When he came into the game, he looked good. He played a role that I thought was a good role for him. He was able to help slow down the run, something that the Raiders had been giving up quite a bit. K.J. Wright also helped out in that role, and Denzel Perryman flew around the field. So a lot of those guys, in my opinion, stood out in a major way uh, on the defensive side of things. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line, talk to our guy, Madro. What's on your mind, my man? How you doing? Actually, you know what? I would uh, first of all, and I know that this is old news and all, but I wish somebody would throw a flag on the NFL in general for unsportsmanlike conduct and targeting, because you know it's really obvious what they've done to the Raiders again, which is actually nothing new. This goes all the way back to when Al Davis did not become the commissioner of the NFL after the merger, and there's been a battle ever since. And this team, I know a lot of people say. You know, we've got to move on from the Gruden thing and what happened. But we don't have to move. We move on from Gruden, but not from what happened. I hope the coaches remind these players every week that the NFL is comprised of 31 teams and then there's the Raiders. And I want these players to be reminded over and over that they are the Raiders. They can be the 83 team that played all their games on the road and won the Super Bowl. And that's where we should be going this year because this is a very talented team. I've been saying that since the OTAs, mini camps, and now we have a real purpose because once again, it's been shown we're the Raiders. We're not part of the NFL. We're a separate entity, and everybody in the NFL hates us, and that's a good thing. We don't want to be part of them. They want to come to us. There you go. Good call. I definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, you know, there's, there's something to that. And usually I kind of downplay those conversations about, oh, the league hates the Raiders and everything. But I'll tell you, I mean, there's no doubt about it that uh, there was, a, like you said, targeting, 15-yard penalty, unnecessary roughness, targeting on the play. You know, you should get thrown out of the play. There was definitely some targeting. Uh, I don't know who the targeting necessarily came from, where it began. Uh, obviously, it's easy to say the NFL, but, I mean, it's, it's had to be more specific than that if you know what I mean. It has to be more generalized. Is it a, is it a Daniel Snyder, Roger Goodell thing? Is it Daniel Snyder slash his? I, I feel like Daniel Snyder is definitely uh, you know, leading the charge behind that because he's a dude dishing out the money. He's a dude who gave the $10 million fine. He's a dude who gave control of, it, of the team to his wife because that's going to help take it out of his hands. I'll tell you right now, if I had to take control, if the radio station was like I got in trouble and they said, all right, Q, we're going to hand the radio station over to your wife, guess, guess what? I'm still going to be hands-on. I'm still going to be all involved in it. You know, just like if the team was handed over to John Gruden's wife, and I'm not trying to bring up old stuff, but you think he wouldn't be involved heavily in everything without being heavily involved in everything? Come on. So I always thought that that was kind of a crock when I saw that. I was like, okay, Daniel Snyder's wife's going to take over, and, and it's just going to be he's not going to. He's not going to be involved. Get out of here. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, I do believe that there's, there's some targeting. And I like that you brought up the Raiders going and winning the Super Bowl on the road because there was, before the Giants did it, they were the only team to be a wild card and play all their games on the road and win. They were the first team in NFL history to be a wild card team and go out and win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that this team is going to go win the Super Bowl. It's way too early. It's October 19th. We're talking about week seven coming up. 
There's a lot of football to be had. But I'm also not saying that they can't. I'm also not taking that out of the out of the conversation because in the team history, if we're talking about the history of the team, which is that's part of our job here, is to educate folks on the history of the silver and black. It has been done, and they were the first to do it. Boy, wouldn't that be sweet. And you know what it reminds me of is remember Deflategate? Remember when Tom Brady got suspended for whatever reason? I know people don't like the Patriots, so they're like, oh, that's great. I still don't know what he got suspended for. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Deflating balls. Whatever. But when Roger Goodell had to hand the trophy to him after that, it's kind of a sweet moment, huh? How sweet would it be? Just think about this, Raider Nation. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, pump smoke up your backside. I'm not trying to do I'll never do that to you. But how sweet would it be to see on that last football game in February to see Roger Goodell have to hand the trophy to Mark Davis? Oh, man. That would just be the sweetest, sweetest thing. Just like when Al got the, got the trophy and knew that there was going to be, there was, some, there was some bitterness between the commissioner and him. Remember that? And it was almost like they didn't even want Al to speak. I wonder what Roger Goodell would do. Again, I, I don't even want to get myself lathered up and get myself all fired up and excited about that because it's so early still in the season. But, man, that would be sweet. That would – that, Damon, as much as I get on you and say you cannot storm the field with a credential on, that might make your boy storm the field with a credential on. I'm just saying. I might lose all professionalism if that uh, happens. All right. I, well, I, want it to happen. <laughs> I want it to happen even more now. Oh, man, that would be the day. That might just make your boy come out of his professional shell. I'm just saying. That might do that. Just for that moment. And if I got in trouble, then so be it. <laughs> I've waited a long time. You, you get know the what locker saying? room access. You got the champagne <laughs> in your eyes, too. You just MD, like, oh. What's up, dog? <laughs> just hugging everybody. We did it, baby. Man, yeah, you would hear nothing but we's and us's and all. <laughs> Best one for the town, too. Town business. <laughs> James, what's up, dog? We got one. <laughs> Want to give out a shout-out to my cousin who was in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I would lose. I would. I would lose my mind. I would have to call in sick for a couple days, dude. I would have to call in sick because I would act a fool. Vinny would be there shaking his head like, I can't believe this is – I can't believe Q's doing this. We done lost our guy. He done gone into hiding. I might have to do that. I might have to go on tour with my cousin, man. Go down to San Diego and and eat some of whatever he's been eating. You know how every like every player like takes the trophy for like a day. You know, yeah. like maybe to their hometown. That's gonna be UQ gets a day <laughs> right. as well with the Lombardi. Yeah, guys. Hey, man, I take that Lombardi, put that thing in the back of the Cadillac, shine that thing up real nice, and go on tour. I just go on tour, man. I ain't lying. I'd end up down there in the town, man. East Fourteenth. I'd be looking for all my my folks out there in the Bay. We'd be riding around the town with that thing. I'd be looking for Mr. Fab and Too Short and Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> we, we, I can't even start talking like that, man. I'm getting hot under the collar, man. I better chill out. They're going to have to give me another cold drink in here. Give me a towel or a bath. <laughs> Something's wrong with me, man. I got problems. <laughs> Let's go on out to the Raider Nation listener line. Let's talk to Anthony, man. Ant Dog, what's on your mind? Andrew, just kidding. Andrew, what's on your mind? Hey, not much. How you guys doing? I'm doing too much, man. I'm all right. All right, good. Hey, I, I turned you on. I heard the question, uh, you know, about whether or not they can, you know, persevere through this or they can keep going. And here's a, a couple things I noticed on Sunday um, is the way that Basaccia communicated and looked at his players. I know this seems small, but I saw it. Like, 
he was looking his guys in the eye, you know, whether it was special teams or when they were coming off the field or they were doing whatever. You know, I, I love Gruden. You know, he, he did what he did. You know, we're moving on from that. But I, I never saw that from him, you know. He, you know, car would come off. You know, they'd be talking. He'd be looking down his play sheet or whatever. It just seemed like he was just so in tune with the team. And, you know, the regime we had before, it was Gruden and everybody else, right? Everybody knew Gruden had the power in the building, and it was everybody else. And now it just seems like, you know, you've got your team captains that are just stepping up because they can. And you've got Pasaccia that's looking his players in the eye and, and, and just really doing a good job with them. And that was the difference that I see. That's the difference I see is the coaching and just the way that they're communicating on the field. And I think that's going to make all the difference in the world. And I noticed it because I wa- every time they put the camera on him, I was watching how he was looking at the players and talking to the players. And I think it's so cool that he didn't want to leave his special teams duties, right? Right, yeah. And I don't know if you noticed on kickoffs, but we were not kicking it in the back of the end zone. Thank you. He was placing between the five and the one, right? Yep. Every, almost every kickoff, yep. there was this high floater down there, and we were pinning him on the 14 to 17 every yep. time, yep. right? And, I mean, they were, that, that's big when you're doing that on every kickoff, right? Right, yep. And, so, and it's just those little things that you're seeing, the screenplay, the wheel route. I know we've been beating this like a dead horse, but it's just stuff we haven't seen, and he's just he's a highly – motivated communicator and i think that's what's going to make the difference so right no good call great call and i love the fact that you pointed out the kickoffs and, and how they weren't going into the end zone that's one of the things that i brought it up yesterday and sam gordon shout out to sam from the las vegas review journal he actually asked basaccia about it in the media session said was that something that you saw on film is that something that you wanted to to try to do and uh, it was a little bit of both you know it was also daniel carlson knowing the the area he's from colorado he knew the area knew the weather knew the stadium and uh, I thought that that was huge. You know, don't just give the guys 25 yards. Make them earn it. Now, if you get burned and somebody has a big-time return, then you might think about it. But uh, I'll say this, man. I think that uh, I think that, that was a really good decision to make the Broncos earn every yard that they got, and they did that. So thank you so much for that call. And uh, final call for today's show, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, before I pass it on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, comes from 502 Raider D. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, bro? Listen, I'm gonna say, I want to say something real quick and get off here. Fellas, it's, it, it, it was a fantastic win that happened, and we got to keep this thing going. But but let's just get off the NFL's picking on us trip. I've been a Raiders fan 45 years of my life, and I, and I get it. But let me tell you something. If you don't do nothing to get in trouble, you ain't going to have no problem. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that was not on our team. That was on Coach. Coach did right. something wrong. And the, and, and the NFL needed to get their guy, his votes, to get back in the player so, so they, they can keep keep his money pal going. It was a business deal, man. That's all it was. Right. Well, then there's the, well, right. It, it, but then that's that's having an agenda. Oh yeah, but it, but 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 it, but it was, it was not. The, let me tell you something. If it was us, if it was the Patriots, if it was Tennessee Titans, they found something they could use to get him back right. in the players' association president. They'd have done it. It just happened to be us this time. But gotcha. the thing is this. Don't do stupid stuff, racist, sexist stuff, right. and you're not going to have those kind of problems, man. Coach made a mistake, and it's on him. It's not on us. Oh, I agree. I just want to see us win. That's how I want to see us win. Just win, baby. There you go. No, I agree. I agree with you. Not not argue with you. I totally understand what you're saying. I just uh, – I, I, I also agree that it's, you know, it was a, it was a targeted type situation – 
at the time that it was targeted. I mean, everything. There's a lot of things that are, are funny about it. But you're right. If you don't do no wrong, then there ain't nothing that could bust you about. So a great call. Great way to close us out. 502 Raider D. I definitely appreciate you. And everyone else who chimed in either by way of the text line, by way of Twitter, by way of the phone line. Great stuff today. Thank you to the guests, Cassie Soto, Trevor Lane, and also Spanish Spring High School football coach Rob Hummel being Tom Flores High School football coach of the week. My guy, Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy. They're coming up next in the huddle. They're going to entertain you for the next couple hours. Hold it down in a major way. And Demon Cotton, he's going to continue to stay on the wheels of steel. Great job, Demond. I definitely appreciate you as always, and I'll be back in studio tomorrow. So until then, Raider Nation, just win, baby. We'll holler.